Hi everyone, welcome back to Daily Manna, where we're learning to feed on the Word of God chapter by chapter. My name is Andrew, and today we're starting with the first chapter of the book First Peter. Looking forward to getting into this book with you all. Of all the disciples that are called by the Lord Jesus, Peter is probably the most readily identified disciple. We saw in Matthew chapter 1, when the Lord called Peter to follow him, the Lord changed his name from Simon Barjona to Peter. In the four Gospels, you can see that Peter was impetuous and full of the natural zeal in following the Lord. In Matthew 16, Peter suffered from the most stinging rebuke from the Lord. His sympathetic suggestion to the Lord that he should keep himself from the suffering of death that he knew awaited him was met with the Lord's rebuke to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. How could Peter possibly recover from such a stinging rebuke? He also often spoke out out of place and spoke out when he should not have spoken. When he should have spoke for the Lord, he was silent and denied the Lord. Of course, this Peter, who denied the Lord three times during the hour preceding to the Lord's crucifixion, was the same Peter that stood on the day of Pentecost and ushered thousands into the kingdom of God with his powerful and dynamic speaking. Not only so, in his two epistles, Peter's writing was very rich and full of the profound meaning that we can help but marvel at the power of God's full salvation. We see what kind of Peter in the Gospels, another kind of Peter in the book of Acts, and then when we encounter Peter again for the last time in his epistles, we see quite a lot of development in Peter's experience of salvation. Peter realized that in order for us to be fully saved from the flesh, self, natural life, and the world, we do need a certain amount of suffering under God's hand. In his epistles, he referred to this. This is so that we can experience the full salvation of God. Let's start with 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the sojourners of the dispersion of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit, unto the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. When we hear the word salvation, we normally think of a person believing in the Lord Jesus according to the gospel and being saved from God's judgment, eternal perdition, and then going to heaven after he dies. But if you read the epistles of Peter, you can see that salvation is much more than this. Peter speaks of salvation that is progressive. It has an initiation, it has a continuation, and it has a consummation. The salvation that Peter refers to is the full salvation of God. According to the verses we just read, the salvation begins in eternity past, where Peter said, Chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Then God the Son redeemed us about 2,000 years ago. We see this in verse 3 where he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, has regenerated us unto a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Even before we were born, we were redeemed by the Son. Then the Spirit comes to contact us when we hear the preaching of the gospel, to cause us to believe in the Lord and receive His redemption. Then he said in verse 5 that God is guarding us by the power of God through faith unto a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. The last time being when the Lord Jesus returns. So there's a salvation that we will reveal at the second coming of the Lord. We see later in chapter 2 that he mentioned as believers, we need to grow unto salvation. This is the salvation that we receive by growing. Of course, this full salvation that we see in the books of First and Second Peter 
is not a different salvation from the rest of the Bible, but it is a further salvation, just as Paul also mentioned this in Romans regarding the need to be saved much more in life. We can say there are three stages of our salvation. The first stage is our regeneration when we believe. The second stage is a rather long stage. Our entire Christian life is a stage of gradually being saved from many, many negative things that is within and outside of us, but growing in the divine life inside of us. The third stage is the stage for salvation ready to be revealed at the last time, which is at the Lord's second coming. Let's continue with verses 15, 18, and 19. 1 Peter 1, 15, But according to the Holy One who called you, you yourself also be holy in all your manner of life. Then 18 and 19, Knowing that it was not with corruptible things, with silver or gold, that you were redeemed from your vain manner of life handed down from your fathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, the blood of Christ. According to verse 18, the blood of Christ has redeemed us from our vain manner of life. This vain manner of life is in contrast to the holy manner of life mentioned earlier in verse 15. Our redemption through the precious blood of Christ not only saves us from sins, transgressions, lawlessness, and all sinful things, but also from our old vain manner of life. Peter's emphasis here is not on sinfulness, but on the manner of life. This chapter emphasizes the holy manner of life which God's chosen people should have in their sojourn. Christ's redemption is to separate us from our vain manner, handed down from our fathers. Our old manner of life, a life in lust, had no meaning and no goal, hence it was vain. But now, to live a holy life, to express God in His holiness, is our goal. This vain manner of life is not necessarily a sinful life. Rather, in certain respect, it may be quite good. Nevertheless, it is still vain, having no goal, aim, or purpose. Anything without a goal or purpose is vanity. To be rescued from vanity, everything we do and say should have God's goal in view. This kind of life is weighty and full of content. It is a life with purpose, goal, and aim. I also really appreciate Peter's usage of the word precious on verse 19, the precious blood of Christ. Peter certainly had a lot to appreciate in terms of the effectiveness of the precious blood of Christ. In reality, we are all Peter. Many times, given the opportunity to speak for the Lord, we often deny Him. When we deny Him, there's the guilt within us for the lack of faith and our willingness to follow the Lord's prompting. Peter had the deep realization of failure but he also had the deep appreciation of the preciousness of the Lord's redemption. Peter realized all his sins, transgressions, failures had been covered by the precious blood of Christ through Christ's death on the cross. Well, that's it for today. Keep enjoying the Bible.